Welcome to another episode of the Baseball Empress Podcast, a show for baseball fans by a baseball fan. I'm Stephanie, your host, and with us this week is my daughter and baseball watching partner, Janae. Hey, (laughs) y'all. So in this week's episode, we will discuss the latest Cardinal news, Reds preseason topics, various baseball topics discussion by Janae and myself. Sabermetric of the day, defensive runs saved, and the late, great Tony Gwynn. So before we really get into this week's episode, I just want you all to know that you're hearing some stuff here on the Baseball Empress podcast first. Universal DH for 2020 season. I discussed that's what Major League Baseball would propose when we heard news of their um, shortened season proposal in a previous episode. And that's exactly what reportedly is in the proposal is a DH in both leagues, which I'm sure they will carry into 2021 and beyond. Also, if you follow MLB on Instagram this week, guess what they were talking about? Mookie Betts and his bowling success, as was previously covered here on the Baseball Empress podcast. So yes, you are hearing it here first, folks. All right, so latest Cardinal news, Jordan Hicks, the former 23-year-old Cardinals closer who throws 103 miles per hour, had Tommy John surgery last year, per his Instagram, is back throwing, so we were all very happy and excited to see that this week. he looked good, looked good on the mound. He did, so hopefully with the... uh, Delay of the season that that has given him some more time to get ready. I'm not sure if we'll see him this season or not, but it was definitely good to see him throwing again. Okay, the Cincinnati Reds preseason topics. So the Reds invested nearly $166 million this offseason to try to have their first winning season since 2013. Wow, that's a few years. (laughs) Um, They signed Mike Moustakas. Nick Castellano, and I'm hoping I'm saying this close to correctly, Shogay, Shogo Akoyama, he's an outfielder of Japan, um, that they signed this year, 32, year old, 32 years old, um, played center field in Japan, not sure where he'll play in the outfield for the Reds. They have a highly touted starting rotation. It includes Luis Castillo, Castillo, how do you say that? Luis Castillo? Um, Castillo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor Bowers, Sonny Gray, and of course Wade Miley. Um, so, already good pitching rotation. Upgrading their lineup to complement that already good starting rotation shows that they're trying to keep pace with some of the division leaders Cardinals, Cubs, um, Brewers, and a chance to win the division title. Now, if they do the 10 team divisions, they'll be competing, um, obviously, against different teams. But Assuming that we go back to regular divisions in 2021, um, that's definitely going to be quite the loaded division there in the NL Central. Yeah, they're tired of being the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I guess the Pirates will be doing that now. Um, And don't forget, two of my favorite players, Amir Garrett and two-way player Michael Lorenzen, are out there in that bullpen for the Reds. and it seems like maybe the most difficult challenge for the Reds this year might be for manager David Bell trying to assemble all these new players to get the most effective lineup on the field every day. 
uh, that's pretty much the Reds news. Now, Reds history, Reds Cardinals history, let's mm-hmm. revisit a very, um, I guess, interesting trigger point for <laughs> Janae that she's going to just give us a little brief history lesson on. So as you are aware, or maybe you're not aware, the NL Central Division is probably one of the toughest divisions top to bottom as far as teams. Um, There's always at least a three-team race in the NL Central Division. Um, And in the early 2010 kind of decade, the Reds were, they were a force to be reckoned with. And as with all kind of, you know, divisional rivalries, they can get pretty heated, you know. Words will be exchanged and this, that. And uh, this was right, this was right around the time that Twitter was really blowing up. And there were just some things that Brandon Phillips, the, the Reds' longtime second baseman, said in regards to the Cardinals and I guess the the team and the organization and he you know, felt the need to... I hate the Cardinals. That's yeah, what basically. That's what he said. <laughs> and he comes up in August to Bush Stadium, and they're playing the Cardinals. And in his first inning of the game, he feels the need to tap catcher Yadier Molina on his shin guards to mm-hmm. whatever, incite him, say, hey, whatever. Well, Yadi was not... He wasn't having it. He wasn't having it that day because he already knew what it was. And he knows how Brandon Phillips, he's got a mouth on mm-hmm. him anyway. Brandon's so, <laughs> Yachty never wants to back down from a fight. <laughs> Immediately, you know, they get in each other's face. And if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Reds, Cardinals, Brawl <laughs> on YouTube and it'll pop up. This was in 2010. And all of a sudden, the bench is clear. They're shoving. You know, then there's all this, you know, pushing and whatever. And then you see Dusty Baker the former Reds manager and Tony La Russa in the middle of the pack and they're yelling at each Wait, other. I don't and stuff. think they liked each other either. No, they didn't. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you see Chris Carpenter getting jacked up on the fence on the backstop. And Chris Carpenter was a Cardinals ace. Yeah. He's getting thrown on the on the backstop. Scott Rowland pushing, shoving, everybody's on the field. Scott like Rowland, bless yeah. his heart, was trying to break things up, but that that did not stop there. Johnny Cueto, who you know, say what you want about him and whatever. I, I mean, don't like him. He's a good pitcher, but you know, he, he just he went too far. He's he's just one of those guys that like you just don't know how his attitude is going to be in any given situation. And he gets up there and he's on the backstop and he just starts kicking. Random people with, with his, his cleats. with his cleats on, and uh, basically like, like kicking, like not like no, not like, like shooing people away, right. like just full force kicking, and uh, he essentially ends the career of Jason Larue, who was a backup catcher to Yadier Molina. He gave him a concussion, and I guess Jason Larue, being a catcher, had had one too many concussions, and after that, he just decided to hang it up. But Anyway, long story short, I don't like the Reds. I can kind of pinpoint it back to that particular incident. And pretty much every time the Cardinals play the Reds, if they're in a series, somebody's going to mention that brawl in particular. And that was, well, 10 years ago now. But, I mean, it's still on a lot of people's minds. And for a long time, when Brandon Phillips, when he came 
to St. Louis, mm-hmm. everybody booed him. Mm-hmm. And that is why. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. definitely a trigger point. So, don't like the Reds, but yeah. if you do, hey, it's your business. <laughs> All right. So, um, since we are lucky enough to have Janae joining us this week, um, I just wanted to kind of ask, who's your favorite player to go to the ballpark or the favorite person to go to the ballpark with? Because let's just face it, there's some people we don't always like to take with us to games if we're the kind of fans that actually want to go and watch the game, which I am. And so my favorite person to go to a game with is my daughter and several reasons for that. One is because it's great mother-daughter time. Mm -hmm. It's because we're both big baseball fans so we can have great discussions about the game. But it's also because we know how to behave at a game. We know what to do, when to have discussions, when not to have discussions, when to cheer, when to get up. Um, And so if you've ever gone with folks who are distracting children often come to mind you know Mm -hmm. they want to go play they want cotton candy they have to go to the bathroom all the time they want ice cream they want to go walk around they want to see the insides of the bathrooms um just all kinds of things there are plenty of adults who go for a social time and want to talk your ear off and if you're trying to watch the game that's not cool Mm -hmm. um so i personally um I'm very restrictive about who goes to the game with me. I honestly would rather go by myself than take someone who's going to distract me. Um, those are, are few and far between. I do not take opportunities to go watch a ball game in person for granted. So that's very important to me. But um, another reason why Janae knows all these things is because early on she learned Mama's rules for being at the ballpark and Mama's rules for watching games at home. So, Janae, would you like to, to discuss those a little bit? Sure. These are, like, embedded in my memory, and these rules have now become my own rules that I use in my life. Mm-hmm. So, number one, don't we are not getting up at this game. Don't ask for popcorn. Don't ask to go to the bathroom. Don't ask for anything that requires standing up <laughs> or just slightly moving out of your seat. Just don't do it. I mean, unless you're cheering or something. I mean, yeah, but like... Nothing non-baseball related. Right. All of that stuff needs to be taken care of. You need to eat and go to the bathroom before we get in our seats. because And we are there, and that's probably the other rule. We are staying the entire game. Oh, of course. There is no, we're getting beat by 12 runs in the seventh inning, and Mm -hmm. we're going home. Absolutely not. You know, I don't care how hot it is. Nope. Cold. Nope. Rain. Nope. Delay. Mm Mm-mm. That's it. The whole the whole afternoon, evening, the schedule is clear. We have nothing else to do. Well, everything else can be postponed. I mean, do you remember <laughs> the one time I almost, the one time I did leave a game early yes. because your brother had a birthday party to go to, and uh, Michael Walker. Michael Walker almost threw a freaking no hitter, and I had to root for him to not throw no, because I would have never forgiven Michael Walker the birthday party, anything myself, if I had missed a no-hitter. You can't plan for no-hitters. You right. may go to a 1,000 games in your lifetime 
and never see a no-hitter. So, yeah, that just reinforced that my rules are correct, and I should have not questioned myself. Y'all, I was afraid for my life. <laughs> if she was not, if Michael Walker would have threw that no-hitter and she would have left, I would have never heard the end of it. No one no, would. I would have been scarred for life. I don't know what would have happened. Let's Everything see. would have been different after that. What are some other rules? Well, and it's don't like don't talk while the game's actually going. Yes. I mean, you can say little things here or there, but like full conversations need mm-hmm. to be held during inning breaks. Correct. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can make comments here or there about pitches because I mean you're watching the game as it's happening. So you turn your head to talk to me while well, I've already missed that pitch. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or I've missed that play. So next thing you know, there's a home run and you got to watch the replay on the scoreboard just like you. Right. Are home. you or you hear everybody cheering and you just standing up because, you know, something happened. But you, can't, you don't know you what don't happened. You're like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> Who did that? Did he drop the ball? What happened? Wait, is he safe? Huh? Exactly. Uh, the other rule is that if you, if we are lucky enough to get seats that are in foul ball territory Mm -hmm. or in that general area. Mind you, this was before the netting Netting, got extended and all that. Do not be on your phone. Oh, mm -mm. like don't just dangerous. Yeah. Just don't do it. Cause I mean, once again, you're missing the game. Number one, number two is dangerous. And I always tell people like, if you come with me, I got about one arm length of catching like mm-hmm. <laughs> ability but you know if you're looking down at your phone like I can't I can't really help you so right. you are always like if we're here at the game you need to be here and be present now I never had an issue with that other family members <laughs> you know right well and then the other thing is I mean obviously we don't want anybody to get hurt but, I mean, if you going to miss a foul ball that's going to come and, and mm-hmm. hitch near you or bounce near you and you didn't catch it because you was looking at your phone, we all going to go home upset. Right. <laughs> like, come on. Right. <laughs> you, you, We all played ball at least a little bit. So, you know, we can all try to, to, to make a good play for the foul ball. Come on, we don't need to let... You know, other people outshine us when, the, you know, we don't want to be those people on the bloopers that they show on SportsCenter or whatever who right. not paying attention or hitting their beer or whatever. Not that we drink beer at the ballpark because that's the other thing. Right. We do occasionally. We do drink at the ballpark, but, and Janae is over 21 in case y'all want to know. But, I mean, you can't be like sloppy drunk at the ballpark. Right. And you know how beer is when you're hot. Yeah. And, like and you're it. sitting there at the game. Like, that's just... You know, some people can do it. I personally cannot. Um, but yeah, and the eating and stuff, like I said, we we take care of that before we need to. Be. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with eating, but you need to have a plan going in. You need to know what concessions are near you, mm-hmm. so you can jump up as soon as that third out is made. You have to get up there and get in line before everybody else does. So you have to be strategic about when and how you move your route to the concession stand. See, what y'all, line this is that you serious choose. to her. This, like, this is, this is what I had if to If I was standing at the concession line watching the game on the monitor, I am not happy. No, she's not. I'm not happy, especially and, if it's for something I don't even want to eat. And let her get up there and don't be what she wanted. No hot dog, no hamburger. We ran out. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm not that bad. There are certain things I'm not going up there for, though. You asked me for some cotton candy. I'm not going up there for cotton candy. No. You don't need that. 
and you can wait. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get up out of your seat during the game and you're old enough and you can go get it and I don't need to go with you, then that's all good. Right. But if you a kid and I have to go get it for you or something like that, no, we, we, we're not fixing to do that. But let's go back to distracting things at the ball game. Mm-hmm. Getting up and down has got to be the number one thing that I just can't stand. And why is it that everybody who needs to get up is always in the middle of the row? Oh. Every mm-hmm. time. Please sit down. Please just stay in your seat. I counted one time in a regular nine-inning game. This man got up six times. Now, I don't know <laughs> if he had a pro- – you know what I mean? Like yeah. a, a bladder issue. But, I mean, that man came back with nachos, beer, <laughs> The little, um, what is it? The like Asian bistro, like low main. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, sir, do you eat a whole? <laughs> and you know how, you know how those stadium seats are. You got to get, you, everybody you got to get up. And yeah. you have to stand up and back up. Mm-hmm. Or either if you're sitting on the end, like you have to go out into the stairs right. because you just can't do it. Now, I didn't miss, I didn't miss two batters. Yeah. We went from zero outs to two outs. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. And you know the the little apps a little slow on your phone. Then you we got the whole looking at your phone thing while the game going. On. Yeah. It's just it just pre- presents all kinds of issues. Please just stay in your seat. And if you just have a hard time staying in your seat, most of the ballparks these days have have standing room mm-hmm. areas, so you can you know like here we have what's it called Bud Budweiser. Terrace, Terrace yeah. yeah. So you can go up there and stand. It's up in right field. They serve you beer and everything up there, and it's little tables and seats and stuff. You can just go up there and watch the game. And especially if you're, especially if you're just a casual fan, fan, and you don't like, you don't care that much every about pitch, the, yeah. yeah, about every pitch. If you're just there because you just want to enjoy a baseball game, that's fine. Please just be mindful that other people are not like you, and that right. we actually want to watch the game. Right now, if you have children. That's different. That presents a whole other issue, but you know, kids are gonna be kids. They gotta go to the bathroom. They got you know, to. They got stuff. I'm just saying, if you talk to your kids and lay down the rules before you get there, it makes for a smooth experience for everybody. That's right. all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And can I just please say something else? Please don't bring your drunk group of friends to the ballpark. I mean, if oh, y'all are gonna no. come. Please go to one of those areas for drunk fans like Budweiser Terrace because, I don't know, I think it was early, I don't remember if it was opening day last year or what, and I had my my youngest son with me, and there were some teachers sitting behind us. Now, I don't know if they were everyday teachers, substitute teachers. They just kept telling everybody they were teachers. But they were very intoxicated and very distracted and yelling Drunk at everybody. Just yelling at everybody who came up the stairs. One poor man came up in the wrong section and was confused. And they made so much fun of him. And he had to turn around and go back to a different section. They're like, it's just, it was unnecessary and it was distracting. And even my son commented that they were not behaving very well, especially for teachers. So I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, please be mindful of those of us around you who are trying to enjoy the game. That's all. I'm saying that's just mm, that is just a really good way for you to get a ugly look from me <laughs> at the game is if you're belligerent if you're loud carrying on and we all know like there's the the pleasantly I'm I'm casually sipping on an alcoholic beverage and then there's okay somebody should have cut you off <laughs> at least 30 minutes ago 
You know? or, yeah, or if you just know you're like a loud, obnoxious, drunk person, just please wait till after the game. There are plenty of wonderful bars around all stadiums that you can go be loud or whatever right. at. Because the bottom line is like there are families here, there exactly. are children here. You know, you know how you are. <laughs> well, just in Who general, are you to? not you, but oh. like the collective you. <laughs> you know how you get <laughs> when you are intoxicated, and if you are loud then you're just going to make for a, a unpleasant time for, for everyone else. So that is something that bothers me a lot. Um, I think the other thing is if the games are at capacity, meaning that it's sold out, like this is a big series, mm-hmm. please sit in your assigned seats. Oh, yes. Yes, I mean, so. why would they print it on the ticket stub if they weren't going to, like, fall back on that? Each stadium has very nice ushers that will help you find your correct seat if you have a problem. Please do not sit in my seat because if I have to take time to tell you that you're in the wrong seat, you're wasting my time. I could be watching first pitches or the, pre- the pregame video or something or studying the lineup for the game. Look, y'all, I'm not getting the usher. You got one time with me <laughs> to not be in the seat. Like, you know that's my seat. You, and you, I know what you, you remember that time that woman had that cooler yeah, in our seat. Yeah, she had a cooler in our seat and didn't want to move it. And it was it was very, very hot that day. It was a day game, y'all. And it was just, it was a Wednesday afternoon It game. was honestly miserable. Like, that it was, was so It was really hot. But, y'all, we don't leave. We got tickets. We're going to go. We're going to sit there in the sun all four hours and 45 minutes or however freaking long that game was. It, it was, was very long. It was a long game. But we sat there the whole time and cooked, like, some chicken nuggets in the fryer. Mm-hmm. But she just needed to move her cooler out of our seat. It was too hot to be doing a bunch of talking. And she was. And I said, ma'am. Not today. Yeah, no, we don't, no. Just please move your cooler to the other side. I don't, just move over. Now, if it's an empty game, you know what I mean? Like, it's in the middle of, it's like a Wednesday and it's 1 o'clock. Sure, by all means. Well, in which it was after a couple hours in that game because it was hot. A lot of people left. And a lot of people being a Wednesday afternoon went back to work or whatever they do. But yeah, sit sit in your assigned seats, please. And keep your cooler out of mine. Thank you. (laughs) All right, so just a other little note. There are also rules at home when you're watching the game. Please do not walk in front of the television when the game's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, find a different route, plan ahead, <laughs> wait till any breaks. Um, please don't ask me to cook you something during the game. Unless mm-hmm. I can see the TV from the kitchen very well and hear it, then, then please let us know. I don't accept a bunch of phone calls during it. Please no. do not text me and expect a response during the game unless it is baseball game related, and then you'll get a response during the commercial breaks. Thank you. Management. <laughs> I mean, come on. This is just common courtesy, y'all. That's all I'm saying. These are just things that we need to... And I'm sorry, little children in the house, but if it is 1030 and an exciting play happens... There will be yelling mm-hmm. that takes place. I'm sorry if I awakened you or startled you. We're used to it at this yeah, point. Yeah, you, you eventually get used to it in my household. But it's just things that happen, and I'm sorry to our dog. Because he <laughs> is very frightened. <laughs> Especially that first year when he was a puppy, he didn't understand. But it's okay. I think hopefully he'll get used to it now. Yeah. But I would say the other thing is, particularly for us, 
we grew up, well, I say we grew up, but we had a lot of opportunities growing up to listen to KMOX, like the Cardinals Broadcasting Network, and all of the great announcers that did announce for them and and who currently still announce for them. So when the game is going on, we are listening to them. So like a lot of people, one of my one of my pet peeves when I'm watching it at home or just over someone's house is they're just talking and talking and talking. They're like, oh, we get to see it. But I'm like, no, like the announcers know so much more. Like they've got all these stats. They've got these interviews that I want to hear what they're saying. I want to hear about these mm-hmm. stories when they interview X player when they mm-hmm. were a rookie and now they're 20 years into the big leagues. Like, I want to hear that. But if I'm constantly having to carry on a conversation with someone while the game is going on at home, like, I'm missing all of that information. And honestly, that's how you learn the most stuff. It's, Absolutely. It's by listening to mm-hmm. to the announcers and, and the play-by-play and the, the, the color commentating. So, um, yeah, we don't talk during the game. Like, right. it's, it's pretty silent unless, you know, a, a great play happens. Then, you know, we'll – acknowledge it or whatever but yeah there's there's no real dialogue that's going on during the the innings Mm -hmm. yeah so how Janae did do you remember like an early memory of how you came to love baseball and and really fell in love with it in a similar way that I did um I just remember baseball was just an ever-present thing in my life. I was I was fortunate enough that both sides of my family had people who played ball. So, um, growing up, I played you know t-ball. Started off at four years old, played all the way up through really freshman year of college, and it was just something that was that just drew me to the game and. Um, most most little girls they had Bratz Barbie dolls or American dolls or whatever. I had a plastic orange bat. Right. You never play with dolls. I never play with dolls. But my favorite toy and people still to this day look at me funny. I had my favorite toy growing up was a plastic orange bat and a plastic white ball. And man, I hit that thing till <laughs> it had a dent in it. And I was like maybe three, three or four. Right. Now I obviously don't remember this. It's just tales that my mm-hmm. family has told, but. You know, I played with that thing, and I loved it, and I loved playing. And then growing up, I grew up in North Carolina, and obviously there are no major league teams in North Carolina. The closest team that we had were the Braves, um, and then the Nationals, whenever they came back to Washington. What was that, 06? Whenever that was, that was really the – those were the two closest teams. So everything that I saw was either the Braves – or the Cardinals when I would come visit family in Missouri, go to Bush Stadium, or if they happened to be playing the Braves um, and we would catch them mm-hmm. on TV or if they were, you know, a, a national game, like a Sunday night baseball game or something like that. Um, so I always cherish being able to actually watch the Cardinals. Like I would look – I remember looking at the the MLB schedule and like circling the games that, you know, were going to be nationally televised because I wanted to see, you know, the Cardinals play. Um, but, right, because we do schedule family events and everything around oh, baseball yeah. games. That's like. the other thing, too. I don't know if anybody's 
else's family is like that, but we schedule like family vacations and stuff around baseball season mm -hmm. and which teams are coming where to what mm -hmm. stadium. And if we're going to visit a city, they probably have a team. So we're probably going to catch right. a game. And it's an extended family thing too. So, you know, if there's like an extended family event, Oh, wherever you're at, somebody's going to at least have the game on the radio, if not on the television, if there's a te television available. So. Right, because, I mean, even growing up, like, we, you know, we spent a lot of time at Bush Stadium, either Bush 2 or the current Bush Stadium, but spent a decent amount of time at Kauffman Stadium, too, at the, the Royals mm -hmm. thing. So, yeah, just, we, there was just baseball all around, honestly. As much as we could. As mm -hmm. much as we could, and. Um, I enjoy minor it. league baseball too. Yeah, minor league baseball. That's the other thing. Uh, growing up in North Carolina, there are a couple of minor league teams, Triple uh, A teams as well. The one team that we saw a lot of were the Charlotte Knights. Who, when I was growing up, they were playing in Fort Mill, South Carolina, mm -hmm. which is just down the road there. And I just remember as a kid, that was always like a really exciting thing for us to do on a Saturday, on a, a summer Saturday night. Mm -hmm was to go down to Fort Mill because it was kind of like in the middle of nowhere. It really was. And <laughs> it, yeah, if anybody's familiar with Fort Mill, it's not in the middle of nowhere anymore, no. but it used to be. And then they had those Saturday night fireworks, which were still yeah. like some of the best fireworks displays that I've seen. And so. shout out to them. They used to have the best funnel cake, I swear. Maybe that was just <laughs> as a kid, but like that thing tasted like heaven. I don't know. <laughs> it Like to me, there that is one of my fondest childhood memories is like Saturday night. Charlotte Knights got you a funnel cake. Maybe you got the ice cream and the helmet mm -hmm, or something. Absolutely. And the, the Knights Had win. everything. Yeah, the Knights win, and then there's fireworks. Yeah, so. the lights go down, the music mm -hmm. comes on, and the fireworks go up. That's how it yep. works. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah. I, I was fortunate enough to always be surrounded by baseball. And like I said, I played softball. I've got, you know, four younger brothers. We were always playing baseball and stuff like that. So it's just been an ever-present thing in my life and yeah it's just I, I still enjoy it I still love to play catch every now and again so I'm a lifer <laughs> well Janae's gonna share with us our sabermetric of the day which is defensive runs saved or DRS all right so defensive runs saved so there aren't a ton of defensive sabermetrics in general but I, I do I do enjoy reading about this one and and I put a lot of stock into it. So basically, defensive run saves quantifies a defender's entire defensive de performance by trying to measure how many runs they save. Obviously, you can kind of guess that from the name of the stat, but it takes into account range, errors, double playability, and an outfield arm. Because errors and assists aren't the only things that make defensive plays you know they're not the only things that are that are important um this drs is used to better value defenders for their range positioning and first steps which we know are super duper important when it comes to making plays this is worth noting that it's different than fielding percentage so if you ever see fielding percentage this is this is different than drs so Usually you see this as a collective, like a team collective. Um, maybe if you're a fly ball pitcher, this could be a helpful stat. Um, any positive number is 
said to be above average when it comes to DRS, with the league's leaders having DRSs of the 15 to 20 range. So as of 2019, the Indians catcher Roberto Perez led the league with 29 defensive runs saved. Cool. Yeah, Very cool. Another cool saver metric. Thank you, Janae. So this week would have been the late, great Tony Gwynn's 60th birthday. He passed away in 2014 at the age of 54 from cancer. But Tony Gwynn was the left-handed right fielder for the Padres from 1982 to 2001. And Tony had a career batting average of 338. He had eight batting titles. Only Ty Cobb had more. He hit 300 for 19 straight seasons and 368 for a five-year period. And he never struck out more than 40 times in a season. It's insane. It's crazy, especially now when you think of like how many players strike out or hit home runs and not a lot in between. He had remarkable eyes, mm-hmm. apparently, um, and he was able to see a pitcher's grip as soon as he took the ball out of his glove, which is not normal. I mean, right. most people can't see that, and most people who don't play baseball barely see the ball at all. <laughs> um, but in the short 1994 season, Tony was hitting 394 and had a chance to bat 400. And he would have been the first player to do that since Ted Williams in 1941. But unfortunately, the strike ended that season, and he never had an opportunity to achieve that particular goal. He also had five gold gloves and seven silver slugger awards. He was so much fun to watch. He was one of the greatest contact hitters that baseball's ever seen. And again, in this age of the home run, it's nice to remember the art of actually hitting for average. Mm -hmm. Tony only had 135 career home runs but he finished his Hall of Fame career with a 69.2 war and 3,141 hits. And, you know, like most great players, these stats don't tell the whole story of Tony Gwynn. He was a great leader, great coach. He um, coached after um, his alma mater, I believe it was San Diego State, after he retired from baseball. But... He really was just a great person to watch play baseball, a great guy on the field, uh, you know, always had a smile on his face, was always learning and willing to, to share his knowledge with, with other players and hitters and fans. Um, he, he was really um, a great, great ball player. Um, and so I just wanted to say thank you, Mr. Padre, also known as Tony Gwynn, for your contribution to baseball. Absolutely. Also, thank you to Janae for joining us on this episode, and hopefully she will be able to join us on episodes in the future where we can continue to discuss um, interesting baseball topics and then also (laughs) our takes on those interesting baseball topics. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks for having me. You can follow the show on Instagram at TheBaseballEmpress and at TheBaseballEmpress.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, this ain't your grandma's baseball podcast, and it it sure as hell ain't your grandpa's. grandpa's.